Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 118. We've just got the one game to talk about uh, in this episode, uh, yesterday's FA Cup glamour tie at Dagenham and Redbridge, and we're also delighted to be joined by a very special guest, Orient assistant coach, Ross Hamilton. Ross... Welcome to the show. Thank you for making your debut. A round of applause. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, welcome on. Um, I guess really kicking off the show, um, what's it like being back at Orient now? Uh, in a word, fantastic. Um, it's uh, a club that I've been you know, associated with for a long, 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 long time. You know, going back as far as, you know, my, as far as I can remember, my granddad being an Orient fan and growing up a club that you know, I was always part of as a, you know, as a young player and... Well, I call it. I use that word loosely, but um, yeah, and obviously being part of the community program and and then working for the club for a you know, fairly long period of time, it's um, it's great to be back. Good. Um, obviously, you've uh, been brought back in um, at a point where you know we've got new owners, new structure in place. Uh, Martin Ling is obviously someone that you're very familiar with, so I'm assuming when the call came in, it wasn't that tough a decision. No, not not in the slightest. No, it wasn't wasn't a tough decision at all. One one because it was Martin, um, and and I, you know I know the type of man that he is, and I know the way that he works in terms of, you know what he wants from a football club and from a football team. Uh, that so that that part was you know a no brainer altogether. Um, but other, you know, the fact that it was late in Orient as well, it was um, you know it it meant even more to be honest. So we're two months into the season now, mid October, what are your thoughts on the season so far? Looking at it at the moment, disappointing. Um, you know, no secret that we got off to a good start, and we we looked very very strong. It was you know, it was uh, it was enjoyable to watch us. You know, sometimes it's not an enjoyable job to yeah. sit on the side and watch your team, yeah. even when things are going particularly well. But I thought we looked, um, you know, we looked very strong, very convincing, and, and we were playing some really really good football. Um, I think there's been occasions in the recent run where that's. You know, still been there. There's been some good moments and some good performances, but it's been very, very disappointed in the last few weeks. Uh, I think more in the you know in the manner that we've um, that we've lost games in. You know, we've, there's been times when we dominated and we've ended up coming away from it with the opposition having only one or two attempts at goal that have both ended up mm. in goals yeah, and yeah, us meaning yeah. that we lose games. So that's obviously uh, you know a concern, a huge concern, but. Also, like I say, very, very disappointing that you can lose games in that sort of way. So, obviously, we're missing quite a few players, big players, through injuries still. Like I said, Kobe, Lee, Coulson, um, Three key ones. Three key ones. Yeah. Any any updates on those when you expect? Yeah, and I think the sorry, but I think the biggest thing with that as well is they're big players that you miss, but they're huge characters. All three of them, yeah. like Charlie. You know, Charlie. It happened so early in the season that no yeah. one probably see, well, no, no one did see the very best of Charlie in terms of what he was capable on yeah. of on the pitch. But in in terms of his character and his attitude, and I think it speaks for itself that he ends up being the captain of the team. So it's you know a big miss, and we see how important that the other two were. Um, we know that they're going to be very long term. I'd love it if we saw Charlie before the end of the season. Wow, okay. you know because of the severity of that injury and I think the margins of when a player returns from that injury can sometimes be within six months but the percentages yes, mean yeah. that it can happen again if you come back in a short period of time it's not rocket yeah. science to work that out so I'd be over the moon if we saw Charlie on the pitch before the end of the season because it would mean he's 
recovery has been a good one. Um, and then George and, and, and Josh. George is obviously still quite raw because he's had the operation done and yeah. he's hobbling around on crutches, which is a nice sight to see because you want to see him back out on the pitch. So that's a, that's going to be a slow burner, I think, on that one. And Josh's one seems to be improving. He went for a scan again last week. Um, I don't think anybody wants to put a figure or a time scale on when he's going to be back in, but mm. obviously we all hope it's on the sooner end rather than yeah, rather than later. Absolutely. Have you been surprised with the quality of the football in the National League or, or the style of football? I haven't been surprised by the style of football um, because I think everybody knew what was what was going to come to an extent. Maybe I've been a little bit surprised by the fact that there's some good teams and good players in the league, mm. and and when we've when when I've watched them, not just against us, but obviously in preparation yeah. for for our games, you know, where they play other opposition, I've been quite surprised how you know they they're not overly committed to going and winning games. It's a lot more about not losing them, and yeah. that, there's a lot to be said for that. Don't get me wrong, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's been something to to try and get your head around. Um, yeah, like I say I get get a bit disappointed with the quality of it, of it at times, but that's something that we've got to combat. And sometimes, really, going back to one of your earlier questions, is makes it more frustrating when you yeah. when you lose games to teams that you watch and believe that you've you know you you, you should have an edge over. How do you deal with because a, a lot of the sort of you said teams come here get two chances, mm. get two goals. We have ten chances and maybe just scored a one. And I think. I've said it a few times on, on the podcast is that we, we have to be more clinical in both boxes. I think a couple of the comments that have come out of some of the interviews that post-matches about concentration, how, how, how do you address that, that side of things? Because that's awareness and mm. in-game management that yeah. I guess once they step over the line, there's not a lot you can do to, like, they're not children. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you concentrate. can't shout out, concentrate <laughs> from the side of the pitch. You can, but does that actually have an effect? And I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great question and it's sometimes, well, it is a very difficult one to answer because you're not going to look at a game of football and say, right, we're going to work on every single thing that went wrong in a game because sometimes it's, you know, like say a slip or, a, you know, yeah, yeah. miscommunicate, whatever it might be. So, um, it's about trying to home in on those things that become more regular um, you know the things, the mistakes that are happening on a regular. Right. Trying to home in to yeah, make yeah. sure that you correct them. But I think sometimes you can put a concentration thing down to fitness and you know and yeah, yeah. you know how people make do they make mistakes in the last 10, 15 minutes would suggest that perhaps you know there's the, it's, it's a fitness, fitness issue. But yeah. one thing that we held on to at the start of the season is, was that we were finishing games very strong, quite regularly. So I think it would be. Naive for us to point our fingers at that, and uh, like you said, sometimes it's a, it is about a particular moment. It's about yeah. being switched on. It's about taking pride in the ugliness of of the game. You know, the the, the bits that no one, not many people, would particularly enjoy yeah, doing. Yeah. But it's about taking a pride and getting those things done mm. and doing them well. Mm-hmm. And consistently doing them well. Mm-hmm. I suppose like anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything Absolutely. that you do over a period of time and you want to do it well, you've got to do it consistently well. And I think there's there, there's been moments throughout games where people have switched off and people haven't been quite willing to continually win headers or continually make a tackle or put their body on the line. And those sort of moments have ended up becoming key. It's been a couple of games when we've looked and I think the opposition have had like one or two touches, touches yeah. of the ball in the box, not even shots, yeah. and, and you've lost. That's not good enough. That, 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 that can't continue to happen. So in terms of the training ground, Moody, obviously we won't take, I think, two points from the last 21. 
still good good mood at the training ground, still everyone's yeah, motivated. There, there is, you know, we we've got a decent group of lads that um, there's no when I say there's no finger pointing, there is when there needs to be a finger yeah, pointing to discuss that. what went well and what didn't, who's making mistakes, who, who's not particularly pulling it well. And I think that happens every day in any walk yeah. of life. If you're not doing your yeah, job properly, yeah, yeah. you get your finger pointed at you. Yeah. But um, the atmosphere between them is is a, is a good one. Um, it's it's a case of for us trying to improve it and build on it and make sure that it's not just a good atmosphere every day in training that when we turn up on the pitch everyone's a bit flat or we don't get the yeah. right reaction. It's about well we've got you know a good atmosphere, a good bunch of lads, but with the greatest of respect we're here to win football matches and and succeed all of us. So yeah. you need to carry that out onto yeah. the pitch. So the answer to your question is it's you know there's no one moping around feeling good. sorry for himself, but at the same time we you know that needs to that needs to be transferred onto the pitch. And, ev- and everyone can be quite self-reflective in a positive way. So, like David Mooney came out and he he was quite brutally honest. Yeah. And he said in one of his interviews, that I just was not good enough today. Yeah. And I think it was after Boreham Wood, he said, if I'm benched, I'm benched, as long as the team yeah. don't yeah, do well. The same to me. So, you know, there's there's a lot of good comments like that. Is that yeah. something that's prevalent throughout the team? Yes and no. I think I think you would always get your characters that have got that have a bit more of a say or yeah. make their point heard or you know they're a, they're a, they're one that you know you can rely on to voice their opinions in the changing room or you know express if they don't feel that something feels right when they're going out to the pitch in you know in relation to whatever that might be and it, I think every changing room would be the same. Mm. That's been a big thing that I've really noticed this year is with a number of good experienced pros that have played at a good level you can rely on them to do that a little bit more yeah, when your yeah, squad's yeah. a little bit younger uh, I think the flip side of that is that the younger players in and around those more experienced players need to understand what is a criticism to help and what yes, is a yeah, criticism yeah. you know how you react to those criticisms you know it, it, you're always going to have that you're always going to there's going to be fallouts there's going to be disagreements yeah. but it's how you take yeah. The information constructive you know, it's constructive not. it's yeah. about not trying to dig anybody out it's trying to get a reaction so that yeah. their performance is better and that's I think that's a big part of your career is, is if you can, yeah. if you can take yeah. that information on and deal with it yeah. it's going to make you a better player if you can make sure that you're in a game you're slightly out of position and your colleague alongside just screaming in to get you into yeah, yeah, that yeah. position you, well I'll take that information on now and then if I disagree with it, when we get on the training ground or when we get in the change room afterwards, yeah, we can we can sort it out. But that's I think like I say, I think that, that, that can it's almost be like moment. a career defining thing yeah. if you can if you can accept that. Yeah. Um and and, and, that, and you should be able to accept that because there's you know, these play, these players that are big personalities in a change room are that for a reason because they've played at a very, very good level mm. for a long, long period of time. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely. Good answers. Um where do you think we need to improve particularly if you could put your finger on it where would you say actually maybe we need to do a little bit more here because I noticed was it someone said midweek or maybe Steve said that you've been working on sort of defence a lot and overloading that is that I mean obviously we're we're leaking goals like left right and centre and we've only like Steve said had two in 21 is that or or, or do you actually think actually we need to work on maybe more being being more clinical up the other end. How do you? Balance I think that it's out? a bit of both. You made a comment just now, and I, it's funny because a friend of mine made the same comment to me the other day, and I, I took a bit of offence to it. Not related to to the club or us, but just the comment, and it was saying about what happens in both boxes. And he was saying to me, you know, like if you, if you stop 
stop making mistakes at one end that's got you know more bit more clinical at the other end. You, I said, yeah, but let's not take out the middle of the pitch because yeah, if we're crap in the middle of the pitch, the other team have more chances, and if we're crap in the middle of the pitch, we create less chances. So you have got to get that yeah, bit yeah. right as well. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Otherwise, you just end up defect. Do you know? Fair so enough, yeah. we've got to make sure that 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 bit is right. Clearly, there's a, there's there's errors being made. Clearly, there's mistakes being made because we are letting in make no you know. Too many. We were letting crap goals in, so we need to make sure that that's that's sorted out, and and that is something that's clearly been worked on, and and the manager has worked in certain areas, not just with the back the back four or the back three. It's about what does this player do when this one's out of position? What do we do when we're defending set pieces? What you know? What's the midfielder's responsibility when when we are on the attack? And I think sometimes in this league, teams are so forward to get so keen to get the ball forward. That we're on the attack, and are we actually set up and prepared properly yeah. to stop them when they when they win it back? Because they're going to at some stage. Of course, it's and it goes long usually, doesn't and it? it's going to go long. And we have to make sure that while we're on the attack, that the back three, the back yeah, four, yeah. the midfield players that are in that area Not deal with that at yeah. source and cut out those errors and and and, and stop their attacks earlier on, so we're not having to. You know, having to defend in our yeah. box. So there's a numerous amount of things, and can you cover them all? <laughs> We'd be at training till till it was dark every day if you yeah. did. And but we've got to home in on, on where the real errors are coming from, and, and it, at the moment it's leaking goals because I still think we create chances. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we absolutely do. Yeah. And sometimes you know, people have conversations after go, oh, I missed a load of chances again. Yeah, but by the way, we did score two, or you know, we we, we scored two goals away yeah. from home and, and we've drawn. Yeah, so yeah. you said that last week. Everybody has to take responsibility. If you miss a chance, then yes, people are going to look at you and and, and and you know and have criticism over the fact that you've missed a one on one or a good opportunity. But at the same time, you know it, it, yeah, that yeah. goes back to your supporting your your thing about being in both boxes. So yeah. we we have to try and find that balance because I think if we turn into right, we've got to try and stop everybody from scoring. Yeah, absolutely. Then we don't go and threaten at the other end. I think Saturday was probably a little bit more of a. You know, like bringing those two together. We probably wasn't as creative. I, I would probably go as far as to say Dagnum had a little bit more of the possession than we did in the game. Yeah. We had the be- best chances, do you know what more I mean? So we, that was probably a little bit more of a balancing act yeah. at the weekend, which is why the game ended up 0-0. 0-0, <laughs> well, it's a good start for your defence, isn't it? To get yeah. the and you also need a bit of luck as well in football. So we, you know, we said that over the last three games, you know, away to Barrow... A last-minute penalty looks like it was a penalty. From what I saw, Brophy gets brought down. Doesn't yeah. get different. Yeah. They're giving Tramway away. Their the second goal, the deflection for the cross. Goal. So their men standing there on marks because it was deflected. They're as unlucky as we are. Yet that bit of luck falls to yeah. them. And the their five, man just yeah, they mentioned the, the, the one. Well, they showed us it after the game with the Tramway one when it took a deflection, went off for a throw, and then it come on and it took a deflection yeah, yeah. off of Brophy to go at the winger. And it took exactly. another yeah, deflection yeah, yeah. to go in the box, and someone's all the stars are do and don't go for you, but. They do, and you have moments, you have times, and so, you know you, you have periods in the season when it when it doesn't yes. break and it doesn't yeah. go in your favour. I'd rather I'd rather not look at that and say right, what can we do? What is in our yeah, power yeah. to get it right and to to change it rather yeah. than, rather than hanging on to luck or yeah, hanging yeah, on yeah. to what's going to break for us because. I don't think you can define a season on that. No, yeah. absolutely. It's good insights there into the club. Thank you. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Fun throughout the podcast, co-hosting. So. I'll crack on with the Supports Club updates in. So, coaches to Wrexham leave on Saturday the 28th of October at 8am for a 3pm kickoff. 
only £27 to go to another country and watch the Mighty Oaks <laughs> play. European tour. Concessions. Yeah, European tour. £3 surcharge to non-members. And you can book for this one on the travel line 07722 or in the supporters club at any home game. And please remember to get your match tickets uh, in the usual way. So that cost does not include your match ticket for Wrexham. Yeah, I still, I'm still in disbelief that we have to mention that, but there you go. Uh, there was a quiz at the Supporters Club on Sunday the 8th of October. Uh, that was won by a team called Bring Back Semedo. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that was, yeah, speaking of Sandro Semedo, he just seems to be a lot on social media, driving and using his phone. I don't want to sound like a, a dad or anything, but that's a little bit... Um, yeah, a little bit near the mark. Yeah. yeah, a little bit unusual for me. Lots um, of uh, topless shots, but I'd be putting on loads of topless shots if I had these abs, so... Fair enough. Yeah, um, I think that's an interesting a one. No, I had a text mm. from someone that was playing in Portugal asking me if I know anything about him the other day. So, yeah, cool. Well, interesting. Okay. Um, can I just add to that as well about the supporters club? Because I did actually a couple of weeks ago, someone asked me if I'd attend, um, but I didn't realise it was on the Sunday after the Barrow game. Oh, and okay. I'd been away for four days, and if I'd said to my missus I was going to quiz night, there's no way I'd have, <laughs> I'd I'd have come out the other side of it. Lots of it changed by the time you come home. That's fine. Uh, the staff gave a uh, valiant effort, considering it was just Steve Dixon and Howard Gould, two very clever people, exactly. though, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ladies' team, uh, the ladies put a team and enjoyed it enough to come back again, and just over 300 quid yeah. was raised. So, Lee, well done, well done, well done mate. Well done. Well done. Really good. The next quiz will hopefully be at the end of January with a date to be confirmed at the end of this very month. So, you said you're going to make the quiz, but you've been in the supporters' club this season? Yeah, I think I've missed. Uh, one or two games um, early on in the season um, it was something that I was really keen to do to try and make sure that we go yeah you know, sort of it was always to be honest when I was here before I remember a lot of people sort of mingling and mixing with people in the gallery um, and I never really got the chance to do that because I'd always have other responsibilities on a match day and so when I came back it was always a place where I wanted to you know, I wanted to get around and spend a little bit more time after games, so I made sure that I did that early on. And then I think the real test comes when you lose a couple of games because yeah. it's quite easy to not go in. Do you yeah, know what I mean? But yeah. um, you got to take the rough with the smooth. And I think you got you got to. Um, I'm happy to answer questions from anybody about anything yeah. really, and and to discuss what my opinions are, and 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 the same for people that want to voice theirs. And mm. you know, people never backwards in coming forwards, and yeah, I was I'd like that to continue. Out, yeah, but it's always a great atmosphere, you know, great pint. You know, when 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 yeah, whenever I get to go in there, um, I've had the misses and the kids in once or twice this season, and they've always been made to feel welcome, and that's something that. You know, like I say, I would always do, Good. always Absolutely pop important. in and, yeah. and show my face. Even you know, even when I wasn't at the club, if I ever come to any games or scouting or anything like that, I always try to sort of make myself known to people. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good sign. I've seen Stephen there yeah. various times <coughs> this season. I've seen Kent in there whenever Kent's down. It seems like Nigel's kids going there. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah. And they love it. That's, that Nigel said at Meet the Owners um, that that's what he wants. He wants the kids to be running around and that's yeah. what the club's all about is to be having people that are coming in with their families that they can just let the kids run around, do whatever they want, exhaust themselves out, but they're around yeah. and that's that's part no, of the culture of the club. I think yeah. it's important. Yeah, it's massive. And like, you know, family club and all them phrases get used, but I think sometimes they can get used like just to make it sound nicely Absolutely. for whatever a club want to family stand and family yeah. area and it don't really you know people turn up and sit in it while the game's on and then they get out and go somewhere else I think that it, you know there's evidence there that yeah. it is you know the proofs in the pudding that yeah. you know that, that families are important to people and it, it, it's, there's 
generations of people still in there. And there's, yeah, there's people who's you know whose who's family have been going going and being part of the club for a long, long time. So I think it's important. And, and I enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's nice yeah. to get around people. Yeah. And it's funny because I walk in there now, eight, nine years after I left the club before, and it's just interesting and funny to see older faces from when uh, I left before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the same faces, just a bit older <laughs> and a bit, a bit older, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Leighton Orient Trust update will bring you now. Um, so thanks to Howard for... Uh, for this one, quite lengthy because of all the great work that they've been doing. Yeah. So players James Dayton and Michael Clark were at Norlington Boys School in Leighton recently and they helped Year 7 students with their English essay writing English essay writing by answering questions on their lives and how their football experiences are moulding them as people. Their answers will be used to help create fictitious stories but using factual themes. On the same day, Charlie Lee, Charlie Granger and Matt Harold were on hand at the training ground to help promote the launch of Waltham Forest Council's Say No to Hate Crime campaign and were pleased to have photos with the Waltham Forest Councillor, Sharon Waldron. Yep, Steve Dixon and Howard Gould were happy to attend the latest uh, Late Night Supporters Club quiz night on Sunday the 7th of October and were almost as jubilant as last year when they were part of the winning team by not claiming the wooden spoon this time <laughs> round. So, uh, yeah... They won it last time yeah. and avoided Close, being bombed. No That's cool. So the Trust has launched a new walking football session at Whitechapel Sports Centre on Mondays from 11.30am till 12.30pm. The cost is only £2.10 and includes light refreshments. And what we'll say about walking football is the club seems to be well behind that and finished third, didn't they, a couple In of weeks a ago? In a European tournament. So I've been waiting for this to come out, walking football. Yeah. 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 And all that Lovely. running around <laughs> stuff. No good for you. Surely you're a bit too young though, it's 50 plus. Surely. Yeah, it's a Surely shame you won't see me run yet. My athleticism near nowhere near it. I'm not even sure I'm cut out for walking football. <laughs> Last Thursday, Jamie Sendles White and Jake Caprice popped into Rodin Primary School in South Woodford to answer questions from the Year 5 and Year 6 pupils. Invited by the school's head of facilities management and an avid O's fan, Kevin Ashwell, the afternoon was a huge success and included children with hearing impair impairments, a specialism at the school. As an O's fan, I think I was just as excited as the kids, said Kevin, but we're extremely grateful that the players took time to visit us. The children loved it and are becoming O's fans too. Well, cracking comment. The Trust Run Man vs Fat programme has been nominated in the Waltham Forest Feel Good Awards whilst the work done over the past season utilising the Kick It Out Fans for Diversity Hub has also <coughs> been recognised and has been nominated in the Best Fan Engagement category at the Football Business Awards. We wish both projects the best of luck and obviously keep an eye on our social media accounts because when the winners of that get announced, hopefully we'll be tweeting about Victorian Orient Trust. And do you know what's great is just reading and hearing some of the names of those schools there. It's, it's nice to see that the club is still associated with schools that oh, you know the community programme have been involved with for a very, very, very long time. And, it, and you know, it's always had such a fantastic... Reputation, yeah, and um, you know, to see that they're being recommended for awards and in around being mentioned around things like that, is, yeah. you know, it's nice to nice to see that they're still at the top of it. I think that particular award, it's like Orient, <coughs> Arsenal, Tottenham, United, yeah. We're in City, City and, and, and a Championship club, yeah. and there's no one from League One or League no. Two in it because it just goes down to late and on. It's so it's fantastic recognition yeah. for the. the it's always been there. the way. It's yeah. always been the way for for as long as I can remember. Yeah, in the area that we work in, it's. Uh, so it, you know, it's such a massive impact on, mm. on people's lives, doesn't it? Yeah. As well as football. Were you involved with this game with Grant Cornwall? Yeah. I actually went on the first uh, football in the community camp that was ever run. I think at, I did as well. Uh, George White Sports Centre. We uh, went. George White uh, um, at Crooked Billet. So I went on the first one. Oh. It was run in partnership between the club and Waltham Forest Council. We went to a few. We definitely went to a few when we were like 14, 15 yeah. teenagers. No, young, like I'm younger. Playing. Yeah, I was younger. Like, yeah. yeah. 
I've got a picture of myself in an Orient kit. Wow. Okay. To finish this off then, finally, big thanks to Cardiff City and the community for bringing a team from Cardiff to play a representative O's team from the Trust students prior to the game against Fylde to commemorate the first ever game played at Leighton Stadium, Brisbane Road. In 1937, the game ended one all, but this time around, the O's were victorious by four goals to one. A thank you too goes to Trust CEO Neil Taylor, interim LOFC CEO Marshall Taylor, and players Josh Caroma and Christian Scales for supporting the event. And that was, yeah, fantastic. But yeah, sadly, we couldn't yeah. make that. But um, obviously, hearing a lot of players going out into the community, so it's obviously something when the players are asked that there's never any, oh, do I have to? The, no. the, the, the feeling we get is that they, like, yeah, no problem where yeah. and when. And it's gone to a different level now. I know years ago, that I did that. That was my part of my role. I used to go over and take take the players from uh, when we trained at Fords down to primary schools. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure it was ever at the forefront of what people wanted to do. But I think now the players, you know, a new era of players are coming through, and they yeah. know that's a part of their you know, part of their responsibility yeah. is to represent the club and go out, and they know what a, what an important role and how much of an impact they have on on the kids or you know the people that they're, yeah. they're working with I think the beauty of community programs these days is it's not just about turning up to a soccer school like you know like we yeah, were yeah. just talking about it's a, if anything it's you know a lot more than that now that soccer schools and playing football sometimes is you know is it is minimal to what yeah. they do they have such huge projects and bring in such a huge amount of funding um, and they work with such a real varied groups of people I think Howard does a fantastic oh. job it's so well organised that you know, I know every week which players are going to go out and, and occasionally you have to follow up and remind people, but you know, uh, Howard's at the training ground one day a week and he does a fantastic job liaising with all the lads and, like I say, I think the proof's in the pudding yeah. they're, they're getting so many people out and, mm. and it's being recognised. Brilliant to see, brilliant to see. So moving on in to the week that was, so Monday night of October, following their victory over Billericay at Brisbane Road, the ladies' team get drawn away to Ipswich Town in the first round proper of the Women's FA Cup and the tie be played on Sunday the 12th of November. So good luck to the ladies with that one. Absolutely. The club also announced the appointment, the long-awaited appointment, of the new Chief Executive Officer, Danny Macklin, will be joining us in mid-November from Southend, where he originally joined as Commercial Director before taking on additional responsibilities uh, as CEO throughout the past year or two. So... Uh, an important position. Marshall's been doing a terrific job, hasn't yeah. he? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, very hands-on in what he does. Uh, he's got a, um, you know, I worked with Matt for a long time here before, and you know, Matt, Matt was fantastic at, at what he does and what and what he did for for the club back then at the time. But working with Marshall over the short period that I have done, he, you know, he he's got a really good, nice manner with people. And, yeah. You know, he, yeah. he he creates a lot of that environment that you know has been. Big deal made of it since since Nigel and Kent came yeah. to the club, and it, he continues that day to day with the way that he deals with with staff and the people around. So I think he's had a. He seems to be one of the silent heroes, like one of the ones who just taken a step back and just cracked on. He's one who we speak yeah. about him says he's done a cracking job, and yeah. we met him. And he's a very nice, really very nice guy. And he's like you know, people at that you know that always a huge amount of work that's gone on since since they took over the club, but nothing's ever too much or too small for, for, for Marshall we were in this morning at the stadium with, with the lads and Marshall's in there getting things sort of prepared knowing that there's you know, that we're in and then, the, then there's a ladies game yeah. in the afternoon so 
you know, it, it doesn't. It's not. It's not a nine to five job, and it's you know, it doesn't stop when when you go home. But, Imagine you know, knowing that he's there on a pretty much everyone else's day yeah. off. He's you know, speaks volumes. I think. Oh, really Absolutely. Cool. So part of Danny's quote in a club statement said, "We have a unique opportunity to continue galvanising the club with the fans at the forefront of the plans." Having spent some time with the new owners in the Leighton Orient, the vision and objectives are not only realistic, but in equal measure, exceptionally exciting. So from the Orient Outlook podcast, we welcome Danny to the club and look forward yeah. to seeing what, what, he, what he can do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I guess from your perspective, you know, the CEO doesn't necessarily have so much to do with your day-to-day role. No, I, I mean, imagine. I think the big thing is for us, first and foremost, is we're based at the training ground, so the chief exec isn't. Um, so you don't have a day-to-day interaction with that person. Um, but clearly, as we just mentioned there about the job that Marshall's done, I think it's huge that the yeah. person, whoever it had been, but the fact that it's Danny is coming in, coming in now, it's so important to the further development of the club and the progress yeah. of the club to continue it, not in the same fashion because he'll want to put his own mark on it, but at the same time, it's really important that there's similarities in the way that that continues so that there's the continuity at the club so obviously I haven't met him yet but you know obviously from from our perspective you wish him well and hopefully the time that he has to spend with us and the interaction that we do have with him that that everyone can make him feel welcome and and, and settled into the job as soon as possible bit of a coup to get a league one yeah Almost nice to nick really. something off South End. Absolutely. That's <laughs> what you took the words out of my mouth. Then. <laughs> I'll say it, don't worry. Brilliant. So Matt Porter tweeted, this is a great appointment. Danny has all the credentials to lead the club and take us forward and I'm delighted we have him on board. So yeah. yeah. Take all the sound in there. If there's ever anyone to know that what's good and what's good and not. Right yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Also on Monday, the under-18s played away to Tower Hamlets in the second qualifying round of the FA Youth Cup and came out 3-0 winners with goals from Charles Clayden, Eric Lopez and Raul Satoru as well. Yeah, he I mean, is yeah. regularly mentioned on this podcast because yeah. we cover obviously everyone and his name is he's regularly mentioned. We'll come on to him yeah. later because we'll he yeah, was yeah, at Dagenham. So yeah. How important is it then that the under-18s get a good cup run? Because obviously they played Brisbane Road, they get some a bit more exposure. I think last year we played Leicester, end up losing I went narrowly to Leicester. Yeah, you did. I went to that. Tristan scored a penalty now. I think we lost 3-1 in the end. But how important is it for the progression? I think there's so many important things that related to that I think you get caught up with the youth team about who comes out of it and goes to play in the first team it's why you run a youth team so yeah, that's why we get caught up with it but at the same time there's so many other things that can come up, come off the back of it it's a massive occasion for 16, 17, 18 year old kids to go and play in that yeah, it's almost their first experience of pressure um, it's almost their first experience of you know how much of an impact have you made in the start of the season? How much of an impact have you made during your scholarship or your, your, you know, your contract as a youth team player? So there's so many different factors and it's something that will live with those players for the rest of their yeah. lives, not just as their careers. I know I've got friends of mine that have played in it and talk about their first experience of playing in the EFA Youth Cup. So I think it has a lasting memory for people in general, yeah. not just the kids that go on or the players that go on to have good careers. The flips, the other side of it is, is a huge part of their development. And when you watch them, because it is that sort of occasion that we're talking about, it adds a little bit of an edge in the game. So you start to see which ones can cope under a little bit of pressure. There's a crowd, you're playing under floodlights. When you play at home, there's that extra little bit of pressure because you're, on, you know, you're in the stadium and on the first team pitch across all levels. Um, 
and you can start to look at how they deal with that occasion. Can they perform under that little bit of pressure? Do they find it a little, little bit difficult, which might mean there's a little chink in their armour in terms of where they're going to go or how long it's going to take them to get to that next level because the level of pressure, the further up the ladder you go, the more time you perform in any first team, it's obviously... You know, it's obviously obviously a difficult thing for, for people to deal with. So that is like the first step on the ladder, in my opinion, for young players to see, you know, they're performing every week in their in their league season, they have the odd reserve game, which is, you know, they're all big moments and, and adds to their careers, but at the same time that is like the first one. So I think seeing how they deal with it and then the fact that they can go on a run and stay yeah. in the competition for longer helps you be able to understand how much more they've got and how much stronger they get the further up the ladder they go do they go and play away to to Leicester and they can still continually perform to the levels that they're sitting they don't get overawed by the occasion I think it's a massive thing for for and the longer we can stay in the competition the better and obviously being coached by Danny Webb so he's back at the club and great to see yeah brilliant I I didn't know Dan before I came Um, obviously I know exactly what what he'd been doing here and and, and the impact that he had, not just last year when he, had, you know, when he when he was the manager, but the, the length of time that he's been here and how long he's been working with our, with those young players, and he, you know, he puts a hell of a lot of work in. We do a lot of work together, Danny and I. Every you know, at least two afternoons a week, we take the young pros um, and the, the older scholars, if you like, the second years, the likes of one or two that you mentioned already. They come out to do extra sessions with us, so I work closely with Danny and. He um he was obviously with me in the first week before before Steve came in and he's um he's been a fantastic member of staff for us to have around. So again, I hope they do well for yeah. them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anyone you've got your eyes on? Anyone obviously Satori will come on to speak about yeah, he was coming yeah. up week after week, but anyone at the back who might not necessarily be getting mentioned on the podcast because they're not scoring, but anyone Yeah, there's a number of them in there. Um there's uh without sort of trying to Dampen anyone yeah. if any of the lads listen, but there's one or two young Arnold in the uh, in the group at the moment. Probably one that doesn't jump out at everybody because he's not a particularly a goal scorer. He plays a little bit deeper in the team, so you know he has other strengths. Um, you mentioned Charles Claydon there. Yeah. He's got unbelievable pace. Um, certainly some real um, you know real qualities for us to work with. So there's a there's a number of players in the group. Uh, I know they're having different re- results at times in their in mm. their league, but sometimes we want to you know, send them out to win. And, and I know Danny wants them to aspire to, to win every yeah. week, but sometimes you have to look a little bit further beyond that and see who the stronger players are that come through that group yeah. and, and hopefully get as many for it as possible. Yeah. I'll see some new names come up. I remember we spoke to Errol about a year and a half ago and he was like, watch out for this kid, he's 15, he's called Sam Dorby. Mm-hmm. And me and Paul were like, it was like mark my words in two years he'll be starting for Orient and then less than a year later got his chance yeah. so yeah. good to hear those names come out yeah and, and you never know when your chance comes either. exactly yeah. and uh, he came on and scored on his debut yeah so Tuesday the 10th of October then the youth team uh, speaking of the Devils uh, drawn home at home to AFC Hornchurch in the third qualifying round of the FA Cup FA Youth Cup the tie to be played uh, this coming week week commencing the 16th of October although now yeah, I think it's been, been, yeah, back it's back been week, changed to Wednesday changes. week is that yeah, right because it's so. supposed to be I think it's supposed to be supposed Tuesday to be, or Wednesday yeah. this week but for obvious reasons it's been moved to yeah. the week after so Wednesday 11th of October then at 1pm the club confirmed the arrival of midfielder Zane Westbrook on a 93 
They loaned from Brentford. I guess no one saw that one coming. No. Um, your views on, on Zane? Interesting signing. Um, for me particularly because Moncur had just gone out on loan. Um, yeah. So it sort of piqued a few questions in quite a few people's heads, I think, me in particular. Yeah, it's been it's been tough for Fred in terms of he sort of come in quite late off yeah. the you know, he, he didn't start with, with the rest of the rest of the group. Um so it's been tough for him to sort of nail it down and he, he he's he's got he's he's done well of late, last last couple of weeks he's settled in and he looks a little bit more relaxed. We've had one or two reserve games where we've had to try and show him Exactly where we, what our expectations are, and and try to manage his qualities within the system or the formation that he might be playing on that particular day, and he, he's starting to do that. But I think um, he needs minutes, and, yeah. and at the moment he's not going to get in the team. And like say, like you say, some people will say, "Well, why have you brought one in and let one go out?" But he's had, he hasn't had a great deal of football. Yeah. It's important for him to go and go and play. And Bishop Stalford have. You know, it's been great that they've given him that opportunity. I know he scored. I he don't scored, know how to play yeah. one, but I know he <coughs> well, scored. That's well, sort of part of some of the stuff that I do because I work with a lot with the younger players. As I mentioned there, a few few afternoons a week, I try to manage the ones that go out on loan and talk to the clubs that they go yeah. to and if they film their games, watch their games so that I can feed back to them and help the experience of going out on loan to be a beneficial yeah. one. <clears throat> and I spoke to Fred afterwards and he said, you know, he, he, he got a chance to, to start and be in a team yeah. and... Managed to, they've asked him to play a role where he gets forward a little bit more and he, and he managed to score. So I'm, I'm really, really pleased for him. Like I say, he just needs to go out and get some 90 minutes, which he's not going to get at the moment. You know, and, and you're right to ask the question about a midfield player coming in and, and Freddie going out. But I think in terms of the circumstances and where he's at, he, he, he'd hardly played 90 minutes this season, Fred. So I think it was important for him to go and get that. And obviously Zane's come in. How did yeah. that come about? Um, well, it's, I don't sit in on a great deal of the recruitment meetings. That's not me shirking a question, not by any stretch. Yeah, no. But um, so yes, yeah, so it wasn't something I was particularly involved with in terms of when he come in and, and, and exactly how the deal was done. But he's obviously it's an area where we've had you know some indifferent performances, and then an area where we feel that we you know we, we probably needed to bolster a little bit. So. See much of him in training? Does he look like a decent player? Yeah, good footballer. Yeah, yeah good footballer, good with the ball at his feet. Um, it's one of those, I suppose, he, I know he has. He had a bit of an indifferent run when he went out on loan to Solihull previously, yeah. but um, it's one of those things really where you need to see exactly... It's all right, people saying, yeah, this is what he is, this is what he does, but until he comes to your club, it's hard to yeah. really nail down what a... Proof of in the, yeah, proof what, of the pudding is yeah, in the what his strengths are going to be for you. So, yeah. uh, I know he got on for a brief period at the end when Alex got injured at Dagenham, um, but until we can really see Zane on a, you know, over an over a extended Sustained. period, if you like, yeah. we can start to say, right, this is how we're going to best use him and what he's going to give us. So Thursday, 12th of October then. The club announced that the third kit will go on sale from Thursday, 19th of October. Roscoe, put you on the spot here. Red, blue or white, what's your favourite kit? I do like the white. I do like an all-white Yeah, It's like an off-white, isn't it? It's like grey at the top. It probably will be when it gets muddy as well. This season, Aidan's got his work cut out. But it's late and all it has to be red. But at the same time, 
the white kit is. Uh, yeah. I'd have the white like kit that. over the blue to be yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. I agree. well, two, and I've just gone and bought the, the blue shirt as well. <laughs> yeah. So I've got to slash out another forty-five <laughs> to get the, the white one. Then on Friday the thirteenth, um, spooky Friday thirteenth, Mooney Friday. Happy forty-sixth birthday to club photographer Simon no, O'Connor. No, forty-six. I know it doesn't look a day over fifty-two. <laughs> I mean uh, thirty-two. Um, so you put out a tweet. So I put out a tweet. Did from there some tough paper rounds, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> from the North East, so would be much tougher. Um, yeah, I put a tweet out. Um, Simon's not on Twitter, but he's on Facebook, but he doesn't really use Facebook. He got a raft of messages, and I posted all the usual Facebook groups, and I started to show him some of the Twitter responses. Coxie, Craig Easton, um, and like loads of He's like, oh my God, all these, he was so overwhelmed. Yeah, well, not overwhelmed that he was crying, but he was so overwhelmed. No, like, oh my God, all these people are... I said, yeah, mate, like, Facebook went mad. My Twitter, I, like, literally... My phone's in front of me at work and it's just come up, liked, retweeted, yeah. liked, yeah. liked, liked, retweeted. No, he's a great bloke, so He's a great bloke. Like I say, he has had a tough paper round. <laughs> he, no, he's a good bloke. When I, when, I, um, when I first come back, I was looking forward to seeing him. So, yeah, he's, he's top He's man. top lad. I guess after his work last season, he's got so much respect for him in terms of what the fan base think of him from the situation he's yeah. put under various times. So, great yeah. to see things are going much better for him. And the video of him celebrating. Yes, the last minute goal. Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, fantastic. yes. Yes. Spot on. Well remembered. Yeah. yeah. Well remembered. Yeah. It takes some doing to celebrate like that and carry a camera. <laughs> yeah, he's a skillful man. <laughs> One day you're just going to see him dash the camera over. Just it's just going to get smashed into pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So Saturday, 14th of October, in the morning, the under-18s lost 3-0 at home to MK Don. So a bit like you said, playing like the long game and developing yeah. the players. Yeah, a little bit. I know Danny was... As, as silly as some people might think it sounds that he, he said he was pleased with the performance really there was there was some individual errors you know <laughs> that, that seems to be a bit of a occurring theme but the, for for the youth team he said that they they perform well when you take into the circumstances of the two players that they you know were with us yeah. it obviously weakens any group to have two players like that taken out so he was quite pleased with the overall performance. Yeah, it's a fair yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, fair point. And then we had Dagenham and Redbridge away in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round. The first time we've been in it for quite a few decades. But the team lined up with Charlie Granger in goal, Caprice, Sendles White, Happy and Wooderson at, uh, at the back with Judd, Clay, Lawless, Dayton uh, across the middle and Mooney. And well, actually, I've read that completely wrong because we went 3-5-2 yesterday. <laughs> I've read yeah. that completely wrong. No, no, no. It's stand as it is. Sergeant on the bench with Clark, Ochang, Dolby, Bocco, Westbrook uh, and Satorio. So we went out to seven subs yeah. uh, instead of the usual five. So you're so giving no, us your views on the team yeah, first. No Joby or Josh Caroma, um, interestingly. Um, although they were in the... Uh, although Josh was in the stand with George and uh, Josh Coulson yeah. as well. Um, it's good to see Coulson actually come to the games because obviously he's only on loan. So he could, in theory, be going to watch Cambridge play because... Yeah. He's still a Cambridge player for all intents purposes. So, I think, it, see Josh I think come it shows out. it's a, a bit of a testament as to the type of person that he is. Yeah, that he really needs a lot. 100%. And I think, you know, nine times out of ten, you see player gets injured, returns to his yeah. own parent, club. parent club. That's the yeah. one. Um, Josh hasn't done that. He's been around, he's done all his Fantastic. rehab with us. Uh, he's top man. We had him out with us at training on Friday. Um, as, as well as one or two of the other injuries, just to sort of have him around the group. Obviously, you weren't joining him, which is That's a bit devastating to see it. But we'd done a little, little sort of tournament on the Friday, and I come out and got the uh, the older players and one or two of the injured ones to to come out and manage a team each. So, just having those personalities like Josh, Charlie, Lee, Joby, people like that, just around it, just to 
just to keep people's spirits up and have the big characters and the big personalities around. And like I say, it's not his club, yeah. he's not here, but he's embraced it Brilliant. like it is. Brilliant, that's what we can ask really from a yeah. game player, I guess, yeah. isn't it? For Very me, so. you know, that's still a strong team, <laughs> enough to be Dagenham, I think, still be a good start in 11, definitely for me. Good to see Happy and Judd being given the opportunity. So I guess why we've got the assistant manager here, we're going to have to mm. ask him about the starting lineup. So I guess what was the thinking in the formation yesterday? Well, I mean, with, with Joby and, and Josh not being involved, Joby, Joby had a bit of a niggle one, which if it was another day, maybe he could have played, maybe he didn't. But we're blessed these days with a lot of GPS and you know yeah. information that backs up the severity of an injury and what could be coming. You know, some of it is... Bit you know I the unknown, but yeah, at the yeah. same time you've got to use what you've got to to your best of your advantage. And some of the data that we've had back from Joe because he's played a lot of minutes at his you know at his age, albeit that he's a you know fantastic think, athlete yeah, and he, yeah. he's in still in great shape. It was an area of concern, so it was decided that we needed to take it easy with <clears throat> with Joby because he was feeling one or two little things. So it was important that you know that we manage that process and like I say, yeah. use the information that we're given. Um, I kind of wish we did that with Josh. And obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but with Josh Coulson, because although he wasn't injured in the game that he started, he come off injured. Yeah, and I just thought to myself, and again, completely from afar as a fan, like if we'd have not played him in that game and then played him in the one after, I can't remember what game it was, but the one after, yeah. maybe he would. Yeah, it was all the shot you played, wasn't it? He, yeah. He um, the difficult thing with Josh's injury, I don't don't mind think anyone reminded me saying it was that it, there was so many scans and tests that had been done on him that couldn't actually define that there was oh, a okay. major issue. Of course there was because he was feeling something and he's ended up injured and out. But a lot of the tests and the scans and everything that he went for wasn't actually revealing that he's got a grade two groin tear or a this or a that. It was a lot of it was coming back. Blank. So yeah. it was more just about right. Is the the tests that the physio were doing right? Does this hurt? Does that hurt? Can you do this movement? Can you run? Can you strike a ball? And he started to come through those without any issues. So therefore, yeah. you sort of think, well, every now and again he has a bit of discomfort. Medically, there's we, there's nothing defining that he's he's injured, you know, and then goes in the team and and ends up out. So mm. that's one of them. I think he could have come quite easily come <clears throat> come through it a little bit. Easier and and then we would all be looking back now, so we wouldn't be having this conversation. (laughs) So it's a yeah, it's 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 a difficult one to take that one to be honest. Yeah, Corona close to returns, you know. Yeah, I I think without going into huge detail with Josh, he's I I like him. I think he's got huge potential. I think he's got enough in his game as a footballer technically. Um, in terms of his mentality um, and if, and the you know the attributes that he's got to 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 play in the football league, um, he's had an indifferent start to the season. If in actual fact, if you look at a lot of the young players that we got in the squad, he's probably made as many, if not more, appearances than any of them, yeah. um, whether it be off the bench or or starting. So, yeah. And he hasn't set the world alight. <clears throat> he knows that. Um, and then off the back of it, how much more has he done to continually get get the next chance and get the next chance? And that's part of my role to help him through that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not having a discussion here that yeah. I haven't had with Josh, and I'm I'm sure he wouldn't have. More, but we need to make sure that we help Josh get back to really performing at his best mm. and committing himself to giving everything to being a 
potentially very, very, very good player that, that, that he's got the potential to be. So, you know, there's a number of reasons why he wasn't involved at the weekend, yeah. which I, I don't think would be fair on him yeah. or, or me, to be honest, to, to reveal exactly what they are. But at the same time, Josh knows exactly what he's got to do himself in order to give himself a yeah. chance to be involved I think regularly. I think he's been a bit of a victim of his own success. Because I think in his second league game, he scores a hat-trick away yep. at Newport, Newport. And we're all like, well, who's yeah. this kid? And he gets played up front, which... Arguably, mine would be his strongest position because he's got a hat trick, and maybe we just, it just needs to be managed better at that yeah. time. But couldn't because of the. And situation maybe that's we're something in. for everyone to try and define is exactly what he's he's gonna be. Is is he gonna be an out and out centre forward, or is he gonna be a winger, or or something else? That's something yeah. that that we'll continually work with with Josh to make sure that we give him the best chance. He's got he's got so much to offer, mm. and we need to make sure that we we rediscover that and that energy and because he's got all of those things to to get him back on the pitch I guess an asset is an asset for himself as well, I guess the same with Dorby to go a bit left forward because I remember that the meeting manager Steve Davis is saying he sees Dorby as a 10 Dorby sees Dorby as a 9 mm. and it's how how do you get him to be yeah, that I think, player I think so and I think also it's it, you might be a 9 but are you a conference number 9 do you know yeah. what I mean? Or are you a football league number nine where you're going to get a chance to control it a little bit more and link up and this, you know? I.e. the Halifax number nine who didn't look like he was a footballer no, and he comes no. on the pitch and was every head. He's, he's effective. Because he was effective. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we had lots of tweets on the team um, selection. We read out a few of what we get. We'll do a disclaimer after the match about the tweets. So don't take anything to heart while you're in the room with us. So Ron Sampson, yep. 15, says a chance to give Sam Sargent a game. Davis never took it. I despair of this club with Davis managing it. He's worse than useless. So a bit about Sarge. Is he making good progress? I know it's very tight. Or it was yeah, Sarge. Uh, there's a lot that lot that um, that's made over the goalkeeping position. Um, I haven't seen. I've seen games of Sarge play. Um, I've, I've watched him as a young goalkeeper. You know, when when he was coming through other clubs before he came to Leyton Orient, and I know what a talent he can be. I think the margins at the beginning of the season as to whether it was going to be him, whether it was going to be Charlie that got into the team were you know very, very close. I think once Charlie or whoever you make your decision to go with to be your number one, we have to back him because they're both young goalkeepers yeah. and they are, they're they going to make errors, they're going to make mistakes. I think they spent some time now with Charlie in the team. He's made one or two errors, which is normal, um, but I think he's been good more than he's made errors. And I think... Uh, it was an opportunity to, to give Sarge a game, 100%. At the same time, if you put Sarge in then and and bring Charlie out, is it another opportunity missed or lost for Charlie to build a little bit more and have another game under his belt, another you know, another another game as a young goalkeeper that he can chalk up and get more experience from? Mm-hmm. Or do you start the process again by putting Sarge in for one game and coming back out? Sarge has had one or two reserve games where he's been indifferent and maybe that was something that went through the manager's mind when, when he was picking the team. That's not me saying that, by the way. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. things I'm suggesting that, 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 that affect those things. So people know what a good goalkeeper Sam Sargent is. We do. Dean, you know, Dean, Dean Brill backs the pair of them, knows the qualities and seeing the qualities that Sarge has got. Um, but like I say... People have argued it was an yeah, opportunity yeah. missed, but it's um, like I say for me, it would be you starting sort of a process again by 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 Sarge going into the team, and then like you say, might be slowing down that that progress. That, that yeah, making. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's only twenty one because he's been with the club for so long, and he he was on the bench for quite a few years. It's easy, easy to forget that he is still an extremely 
young goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah so. that, I think I think. Uh, I, I followed Charlie's career because he was signing for the Centre of Excellence Academy when I left. So always sort of look and try and follow players that you're familiar with or players that you know. And has Charlie ever really been a, had a run of games as the number one goalkeeper where someone's putting their faith in him? Yeah. And, and whenever that time comes for you to do that, whether it be at 21 or 35... That first run of gut, you're yeah. going to make errors because you're in an environment that's new to you. You're in a you know going for experiences that are that are different. You're under more pressure because it's about people's results and and, and about performing week in week out. You know, and you're gonna you're gonna face criticism for like. But I actually, when you really break it down, you know, there's, there's going to be areas that yeah. deficiencies in his game. He, like I say, he's, he's 21, but he's got to go through all of this in order to no, define make, whether or not he's going to be a very, very good goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. I think he can be. Yeah, Alex Shisek also messaged us and said that he's got all the key attributes you mm. need for to be a top, top goalkeeper. So yeah. he got a really good uh, sort of recommendation, if yeah. you like. from and a, re- and a really good pairing, and a pair of them you know, get on well, well, and they're both, yeah. they're both good lads. And they both got a really, really good work ethic. And like I say, it could have been marginally different because Sam might have had a, got the foot up and started the season. We would be having this conversation yeah, as to one, one or two people would be saying, why haven't you given Charlie, the Charlie oh, yeah, an opportunity? It's so, yeah, it's prime, a difficult yeah. one, yeah. Um, I Heart Rushmore tweeted saying, great to see Judd start and the goal machine Satoru on the bench. Really hope we were up for this and move that ball quickly forward. Yeah, at Simon Zero Edward, Edward says that LFC lineup reminds me of a Cadbury's Caramel, an extremely soft centre. At SEO SE sixteen O said, thrilled to see Judd get a start. Thought this might be an opportunity to give Sarge a bit of a go. So the match kicked off, obviously Ross was there, as you did <laughs> yeah, as yeah, you did hope, expect, expect yeah. yeah. Mr. Levy, you were there. Yeah, I was. I have to say though, I've I've thought Miles Judd from last season was possibly one of our key assets from from the youth. Slightly disappointed not to see, like, you see Joe Widdison, he's not necessarily, I don't know if it's, if it's a confidence thing or if that's just his gut or what, but I thought, and I'm sure you were right, I, I called you wrong on, on one of the podcasts oh, about saying, Steve saying that he would rather have Juddy in at left back than Joe Widdison, which I thought was a bit of a, a strange comment. I got that the right way around, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just surprised not to see Juddy in, in the side a little bit sooner. Yeah, maybe yeah. Just, just to rest, rotate... Regroup, rebuild. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't, good. I don't disagree at all, and and I, um, yeah, I want to see all the young players in the yeah, team as course. much as I possibly can. I think um, Juddy might have been a bit of a victim of the circumstances because you'd look at him as a right back, and you'd say Jake Caprice certainly early in the season was players. one of our best yeah. performers. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, and then I've had the other thing of why well, haven't you played him at left back? And I think then the natural argument to put up against that and I'm not putting an argument up against it because I want to see him in the team yeah. but he's not left footed some people said to me well in Slady's team we never had a left foot or a left back and you know all those sort of comments that, that you like, say you can put to and to and against but he, he, potentially he might have just been victim of circumstances we've let in one or two goals Juddy's got lots of energy in the team I think yesterday you know he he, he works tirelessly Does, yeah. he you know, you know that he's going to give you as much going forward as he is defensively, and, and I was really pleased with him. Um, he'll have moments in the game when when I've watched it back that he switches off. He's a young player; young yeah. players switch off. Um, but he has the assets and the attributes to go and recover and get back into position. And if we can help him to not switch off as much and to take up better defensive positions when we're defending, 
Ninjali's going to go on to have a really good career and I'm sure he's going to play at a very, very, very good level. So yeah. um, there's no reason why, particular reason why he hasn't been in the team. Like I say, potentially it might have been that we signed an established left back at the start of the season and then we signed an established right back who, who, who's gone in to be in his position and gone on to, to have a decent season. Exactly. I think first 15 minutes then you've put mostly Dagenham. Yeah, they, they started really strongly, yeah, didn't they? With for, for a lot for a lot at us, didn't yeah. they? They're quite physical. They're typical. What I'd call a typical John Steele team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, I, if you, you know people explain, people going about the style of football in, um, in the in the conference. I actually think they were one of the stronger ones in in terms of the way that they delivered it. You know, like they didn't just whack it up to Correct. the big men up front. They, yeah. they were considered in the way they got it up to two very very good, talented, quick, powerful strikers. Corey Whiteley in midfield gets forward and you know attacks the box and wants to be a threat. So, I, 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 in terms of describing conference football, I think they're a very, very, very good example of it. Yeah, and absolutely. they did start the game stronger. They did. Yeah, they had a lot of the possession in that yeah. first in that first period. And I was just thinking, it looked like us because we often start really strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they sort of um, <coughs> ran out of ran out of steam really. I think, and they saw that we we were up for the fight uh, quite a bit as well. And Jamie got booked. Jamie Sanders White got booked in the eleventh minute for pulling back uh, Ferrier. He got he got bullied a bit, didn't he? Uh, early Jamie, on, it was, quite um, early on. They were quite like yeah. you said physical, so yeah. it, it, they were giving it to him quite. Morgan's a bit. talented, and I remember Morgan as a as a young kid coming through at, at Arsenal and Crystal Palace, and he's always been a talented kid that people have been very very, um, you know. Uh, positive about in terms of going on to have a really good career and when I see him yes he looks in good shape and he, I knew he was going to be a test for Jamie um, and he got off to a bit of a wobbly start like you say he, he got booked and you think could be a long afternoon exactly, for him yeah. to get I thought he recovered as well yeah I thought he recovered a little bit better and he and he managed to you know defend a little bit better against him as the game wore on and then obviously yeah. in the end in, in the end they, Morgan comes off but um, he's a, he's a threat and you know it's going to be tough and and it was. It was it was a it was a difficult start. Unlucky not to go one up in the twenty fourth minute as uh, we had two chances at both off the bar. So yeah. Bond had a header from a clay cross and then Mooney's rebound. Yeah, so Bond's well. header hits the bar, comes off to Mooney. So on I wasn't watching for your reaction, I was just sitting there going, and I'm like Oh, and it's it's that old-fashioned like football stadium with the oh oh and, it, uh, <laughs> and waiting for the year at the end when we score, but yeah. it didn't quite come. And I know one or two of the lads, that James Dayton, said that as it bounced at Moons and he'd edited it back towards the goal, that he just charged to the goal, thinking, "I oh, just hit the bottom of the bar and I can tap it in," and it's hit the bar uh, square on, bounced down, bounced and straight then back out. Yeah, that was unlucky. So yeah, yeah fine, again, fine, fine margins again, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, cool. Because if it was an inch to the left and down a bit, that's a goal. Yeah, yeah. you score. Yeah. Um, but then in the 26th minute, uh, Ferrier drives unchallenged into our box. I thought he cut through us pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, unfortunately, he's shot, but um, Charlie Granger uh, was there to save us there. And yeah, he, he cut us open too easy. We, we sort of just sat back a little bit like, oh, like, like a little bit off. Yeah, yeah, dropped off. No, that's right. No, 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 it's exactly the way to talk about it. We talk a lot at the moment about trying to get up the pitch and when we're defending our box, not just be content to defend the box or defend the edge of the box, but get, get especially in this league, the big centre-forwards, we get them away from our goal, you yeah. know, and defend higher up the pitch. Yeah. And, and we needed to put a little bit more pressure on, on the, it was Morgan Ferrier when it at the time, but we put, get a little bit more pressure on him higher up to, to not give him the opportunity to, 
to get a shot to away. be played yeah, in yeah. Yeah. the 43rd minute I think you put a decent counter attack starting with Lawless near our corner flag but didn't come to anything and yeah that was quite a decent move just yeah, before was, half yeah. time yeah literally just before wasn't it yeah. yeah very close to half time yeah yeah it's good play it didn't just sort of lump it forward it actually went forward with yeah and that's something that we talk about and I know you know a bit like we were saying earlier about being in between the two boxes about how we can be considered and not panic into just getting it forward at times because I think in this league so many teams play that way where it's bang 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 back and forth from you know in each mm, other's halves yeah. almost that if someone can have that composure to go like right get get it down and play it's opportunities to to break the other side yeah. of the team's midfields and then you're and then you're on the on the break and then it's about people's decision making and the quality of the delivery or the execution of the shot at the end of it and I think if we can have that mentality of that timing to, as to when we can get it down to to pass it moves like that happen a little bit more often I think at the start of the season it was fairly regular, fairly regular we were winning yeah. that one winning that head of, or that second ball from yeah. from someone and we were, we were able to start attacks and and find people like James Dayton and Joby and Moons where they could get turned and, and be a threat. And, and they they can, can be the defining moments, yeah, can't they? Exactly. So one minute of additional time was played. Half-time also went in. No goal scored at 0-0. Yeah, my half-time sort of thought really. I didn't think we really enough, offered enough going forward. We got opened up a couple of times with sloppy and laboured passing. I think sometimes we're a little bit sort of statuesque in terms of our position. I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I just feel that there's not a lot of movement, not a lot of option giving to the man with the ball. And I noticed a couple, of, I think Craig Clay got caught in possession. Yeah, he did, yeah, facing couple, his own goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff like that where I don't know if he's had a call for man on or I don't know if he's looked over his shoulder. I, I can't remember, yeah. but it's just... Yeah, no, it's we spoke about it. In-game management. I think you're right. I think partly is that our people communicating with, with each other on the pitch. That's something that, at that particular time, you need you need people to answer. You need people to do. You can't just play yeah. the game off the cuff and expect other people to to do that. I think sometimes it's about timing, about people getting into positions too early or people getting into positions too late. I think on that occasion, Dan Happy had a chance to play it to Alex Lawless, and it didn't happen for whatever reason. Then it went to Jamie, and we and when we found Craig. Craig had a bit of an iffy touch, and then all of a sudden we're under pressure. So it's about that timing of. Does Dan Appy get that pass away and it goes to that moment when all of a sudden we're turning and we're on yeah. attack and then in the end we've ended up giving the ball away and looking under under pressure. Unnecessary you know? so, pressure. Yeah, it's right, yeah. it is about options on the ball, it's about people in their positions making the right types of movements or clever movements or being able to think on their feet to say, well, I found myself in a bit of a different area here, I need to take up this angle or I need to drop off or I need to go and run forward whatever that particular moment that you know in that instance needs to be it's they're the bits where you can coach all day long and structure and talk about where you want people but ultimately you have to make that decision when when you've got the ball or when someone else has got the ball in order to make sure that you give people options to play that needs to happen more often absolutely that's a fantastic insight so that the ball's not put at risk yeah Yeah. exactly we're not turning it over cheaply and and giving away potentially free kicks in dangerous positions or Um, goals as it's been or goals yeah yeah. absolutely Um, as I said earlier Dagenham ran out of steam after about 15 minutes not to say they weren't dangerous the rest of that half but I think we settled into it a little bit more and I think we, we grew into that game uh, as the half sort of wore on for me. Yeah, um, I, I think um, like we said earlier, we, you know, we, we, we are we are aware that we've made mistakes and let goals in, and 
he's been work done on us defensively and, and, and being making sure that that's at the forefront of our mind. So, therefore, you're not going to have as much impetus going the other way. He's trying to get that balance. Is what makes yeah. makes teams effective, isn't it? And um, I think that that's a fair summary of the first half. Um, it was it was one of those <laughs> as well. That no. I think um, they had more of the ball. Uh, probably uh, yeah. what your summary is when we come to the second half. But they had more of the ball, more a little bit more of the game, if you like, more yeah. of the possession. possession but yeah. in the end, we probably created two, two or three of the better, best chances. Better you know, better I mean? so, chances than they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like we had the best chances of the first half. Yeah, being, but, yeah, yeah like you say, Morgan's one that he hits like that. They had you know There's bundles of corners or whatever, but there wasn't like loads of clear cut. No. chances that they created no. off the back of the position that they had neither keeper the bar, were worked no. particularly hard no. in, in, no, right. in the whole game actually no. but particularly in the first half yeah yeah so tennis was announced at 2,529 with 911 away fans so again we've said it on this podcast quite a lot of season amazing numbers going away even though it's local derby still yeah. 911 no, it's so, different class different class yeah actually. you're not getting those numbers away anywhere else in no, that competition no. so you're probably um, not getting it some of them don't even get them at home some of them don't even get them in the whole attendance let alone just away fans so the second half kicked off no changes for us at half time and then in the 49th (laughs) minute Alex Lawless received what I think is his fifth booking uh, of the season for a challenge on Remain that means he misses Tuesday yeah I think we've um, I mean Al come off injured with a bit of a groin problem towards the end Um, I actually at the time uh, it might have been a gaffer to be honest, but someone on the bench, wow, why has he made that tackle? We spoke to him at half time about you know, the bookings that he's on. And, but I think sometimes it comes to the territory of playing in that position that Alex plays in. He plays a little bit deeper than everybody else. He's mindful of the fact that if a gap's left in, in, in a defensive area, you, you know, he'll try and plug it or he'll try and cover for that particular person. You make more tackles if you're a defender, do you know what I mean? He's in area, yeah. And I think at the time, actually, Dan Happy almost sort of stood on the ball as he went to pass it. It was a bit of a scruffy pass. Right. Remain nicked in front and Alex sort of almost had to make a yeah, tackle and it ends up he doesn't get there. Because, but if he doesn't make it, the guy's 1v1 with Dan on the edge of the box. So... Fine yeah. margins, yeah. isn't it? And people really get is. suspended during the season, do you know what I mean? If you yeah, make more yeah. tackles, you're in a position where you make more tackles than yeah. everybody else, you're going to get booked more, aren't you? Yeah. You're going to give more free kicks. Or so what? that means he misses... Can, can, can his suspension count for, yeah, for the Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, can I believe so. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. So 56 minutes in, an outstanding save from Granger following the defensive error as Granger pushes remains headed behind. Yep. Yeah, there's there's a few there's a couple of times in the game. I'm not going to dig Charlie out because I've got a lot a lot of respect for Charlie. There's a couple of times in the game where he's put pushing or punching the ball yep. out rather than catching. Yep. For me, I'm a little bit old school where I prefer a goalkeeper to come claim yep. catch and not whether you're pushing it back out into safety or you miss it and it goes into danger. Yep. Uh, goalkeeping. No, I mean, has goalkeeping changed that we're now think, going I think he's changed a little, little bit. Punching? No more than the rest of the game has. He's quicker. So you've got to make quicker decisions, like simple things, like the balls move quicker, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every, but that's, that's, that's across the pitch, that's not just specific to goalkeeping. I think there was, um, like there was a, the guy who does the England Sea scouting at the game and he, he was talking to me after the game and he said to me, he had two punches and I said, yeah, I fought the first one, he should have caught. And then what that does is it, everyone breathes a bit of a sigh of relief, goalkeeper's got in his hands and then you can organise again. Yeah. Um, which I think the first one Charlie probably should have should have caught, and then the, the second one that he has, he comes out. It's not long after he comes out, and I think he's about eight ten yards out, and he punches it and gets a good distance on it. And 
in that moment, I thought that was the right, right decision because yeah. he's quite a long way out of his goal. He probably doesn't really know what's going to come from behind him. So instead of putting it at risk, he punches. Yeah. But because the first one, everyone goes, oh, well, he ain't caught either of them. But, it, you know, in, in a balance, he's got, he's got yeah. He, yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's making those right decisions right on the yeah. spot. And the second one I thought was right and he got good distance on it. The first one, if he... If he catches it, I don't think Maroon having this conversation. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, he, um, yeah, yeah he, 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 he's a particular decision at the time that he, he, he probably should have come and, and caught it. And 62nd minute, it sounds like we had a, a decent chance as Bond heads over from close range. I think you yeah. said Judd's done very well to keep keeping an overhit pass and play yeah, on did. the left. Dayton puts in the peach of a cross, and Bond should have done better with a header, yeah. I guess. I mean, Dayton, we mentioned Dayton last week, two assists and two games. Dangerous Dayton. I like it, dangerous Dayton. And Bond, just not happening for Bond at the moment, I think the last couple of games has been no. quite happy with And Sun. it wasn't that far over the bar either, it's only just yeah. scraped the top of it. I think margin, Mac has had a couple of them in, in, in the last yes, few games. Yeah, yes. um, Mark Ellis had a similar one, didn't he? He did, yeah. twice. Um, yeah, so, you know, you, you, you want and you hope and you expect, to be honest, that that they take them chances or make the goalkeeper make a save. Um, great ball in by dates. Juddy did do really well. I remember it to slide. Did, sort of yeah. Right on the touch so literally just before it went yeah, out. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was a bit of a wonky pass, wasn't it? And he, he slid to keep it in and it was a great ball by, by dates. He busted his gut to get yeah. there and he kept it in and dates backed him up, which is right. And then he's just yeah. literally, yeah. the man's on him and he's literally just... Yeah, Dates has got those qualities to put that delivery Fantastic in. delivery. I yeah. was like, yeah, that is that is a good piece of play there. And it just, again, sums up Jud, Judd's qualities for me. Yeah, is that yeah. He busted his gut to keep it. I didn't very think he was going to make it, to be no, honest. No, no, no. He did very it's well there. Injured, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. In the 65th minute, Lawless got replaced by Romy Bocco uh, following an injury. Yep, 72nd minute. Another chance for Bond, but he shot here at Dagenham defender. Yeah. Yeah, um, I thought he he's obviously, not desperate, is probably not the right word, but he's like snatching at stuff the, the man was literally as, as close as I am and he's like or as close as I am to Steve and he's he's shooting when the better part the better option would so have been to pass it back because yeah. there was a man yeah coming in Judy, on the edge of the box I think someone yeah. was someone was with him that he could have just yeah. played it back to and then done. I think when you go for a run again yeah. and you don't score the goal as a centre forward you don't do things that he just wants to go and you want to score and, and Macca works tirelessly he's his a game. very hard worker he, in, the, in the game but yes. in the, on the training ground he works hard whenever we you know he's, most days he's out doing finishing Friday he's almost got like a set thing now that he works on particular types of finishes that he thinks he's you potentially might get in a go- you know all those sorts of, course, of things to yeah. try and get yourself not just back on track he's doing them when he yeah. went on that run of scoring a few goals in, 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 in the games that he did so I think when you're like that the luck bit comes back and you know you, you years yeah. ago you used to say well, he needs one to go in off his backside yeah. or something you know like yeah. that sort yeah. of thing and then all of a sudden that feel good thing comes back Absolutely. the ball comes in the box and you expect to score not not hope, hope to, to score yeah. exactly yeah. No, that's fair enough you can see how fit he is though he runs himself into the ground he does pretty much every yeah. game consistently yeah. I bet he's got the highest track on the GPS I bet he has it's Alex they have yeah got to be up there so 77 minute Judd cuts inside from the left sure the shot wide yeah just wide there was a bit obviously he had the right to shoot he earned the right and cut in uh, 89th minute Jake Caprice came off Injured, replaced by new loan signing Zane Westbrook. Yeah, and in the 90th minute, David Mooney got replaced by Real Satoru, who made his first team debut. I guess what was the thinking behind bringing Satoru into the into the lineup? Obviously, we've mentioned him consistently over the last six months. Scores, lots of goals. When was the point where you decided actually he's ready now? We're going to take him to Dagenham. Uh, I think he's been something that's been looked at and considered over a period of time. He scores all the time. Ruel, he just scores. Yeah. He's 
not and he's not like a just scores because he's a goal scorer. He scores by creating himself his own goals by working hard and running a little bit like Maka does. Um, he's got that hunger and that look about him that it sounds terrible to say it, but like I don't care who you are, you know. Yeah. That, you know, like almost like, yeah, not not put off yeah. by anybody and. Um, he scored again in the youth cup the other day. Uh, I think um, if it were if you were in an you know in a, in a, in the football league and you had seven subs, you might have seen Ruel before. Um, the fact is we were in a good position yeah. to be able to name seven subs at the weekend, so it sort of made sense that first of all that he was going to come with us, whether or not he was on the bench or not, and then we decided to go with him. Um, we were trying to get him ready, to be honest a few minutes before he got on because he actually says he'd come on the ninth minute but I think he was on for like seven minutes because it was five minutes injury oh, yeah, time yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. but we were trying to get him ready before and then Jake went down and then right. you know it was like oh hold on a minute well, we can't yeah. go play right back and then it was another thing yeah. in the end by the time you get him ready to go on right, right, he got sort of six seven minutes but it was you know nice to be able to get him on the pitch it's always yeah. great and he looked lively as well for me yeah he, he is and that, he'll always give you that and, and, and our thinking Good at the energy. time Personally, for me, was that in in a game like that, people are tiring a little bit, and you think it only yeah. takes Maka to win it, you know, win a little flick on, and yeah. knowing what Ruel was got in his game, that he'll get on, you know, try and get in the end. A little whippersnapper. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. a good little player. So yeah, yeah very see more of him. Yeah, yeah, so hope so. Five minutes of added time played out, and the final whistle goes, and the game ends nil nil. Yeah, Steve Davies said post match it was good. It was a good cut game, and both teams had a go at trying to win. It was quite end to end at times, which is true. It lacked a bit of quality then saw a bit of quality, it had everything. It was a really competitive derby. We gave away a few fouls, probably a few more than I would have liked, but that's what the game is about. Want to try to compete and win the game. Yeah, and after the match, Dulcet Dave tweeted, explained that Joby had a groin injury and the five senior players out at the moment. And I guess we've already covered that because Ross yeah. has already spoken about Joby. So uh, your views on the game then, Ross? What did you think yesterday? Yeah, I think um, we've, we've spoken a little bit about it, about how we work and what we're trying yeah. to eliminate from our performances at the moment and I think it probably reflected that a little bit um, we were albeit not by any means nailed on in terms of the way that we defended but I think we showed a little bit more security in terms of the way that we defended as a team I thought albeit you know again when I say inexperienced in terms of the, the, the back three had not played a huge amount of minutes yeah. together you know one minute Dan Appy's played as a left side centre half he's then played as a middle one Jamie's played as a middle one and all you know, you'll look at it and you go yeah they're playing in the, in the back for it but all those little shifts and adjustments all takes them getting yeah. used to you know so um, from that perspective it's nice to keep a clean sheet it was a derby it was a big game it was a cup game we're still in the cup we, you know we, we've we created like we said just now we've created the two clearest opportunities to score yeah. with Makazeda and the one that hit the bar so um, there's a lot of things in the game that looking at it again not overly delighted with but at the same time we have to yeah. look at you know the performance as a whole and say right yeah. you know we've, we've we've gone there we've we've given a fairly good account we didn't get completely you know trampled all over we've made sure, sure. that we um, kept a clean sheet which so many people made such a big thing about including us um, and we created the best two chances. So, this, the balance, it, yeah, right? balance yeah, was... I, I personally think they had more of the game, and we had the best chances. So yeah, really, it's it probably well. a fair result, if I'm honest. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, my thoughts on that fairly even game <coughs> by margins, as we had three more clear-cut chances, two hit the post, 
and one went over the bar. Fort Myers Judd gave a really good account of himself and for me, I feel he should be starting a little bit more. Thought at times we were slow and statuesque. Players had no options when we were in possession, which meant the ball went backwards, which as a fan is really frustrating to watch. Uh, Macaulay Bond again ran his socks off. James Dayton looked dangerous at times, but Jamie Sendles White uh, and Alex Lawless, I thought, weren't at it um, uh, yesterday. Um, with the game at 0-0, I thought we perhaps should have made the sub sooner and gone for it. Um, and I think this is a general reoccurring theme, is that our subs are often, in my opinion, made too late. Either we're chasing the game, we're making subs in the 78th, 80th minute, which for, for me, not being a, a coaching expert or anything like that, I think we should be making our subs sooner. Um, I'd like to see us going back, maybe trying the 4-2-3-1 with Bocco behind the striker. Uh, pleased to see Raul Satoru play. He looked really lively, as, as did uh, as did uh, Zane Westbrook. So, yeah, it's good, good promising. Yeah, good promising game. But as, as you said, um, Ross clean sheet away to a highish flying team. Consistently, well, they're the top scorers. Top scorers. Yeah, so I, I, I think um, like you don't want to go to Dagenham and get a nil nil. Be happy with it and. We're not. You, know, you want to go there and win and mm. be convincing and perform in the manner that we were doing earlier in the season. We're not been great of late in terms of the results more than anything. And you can look at each game and argue yeah. whether that was a good one or that was a not yeah. so good one. The proofs in the pudding that we haven't we haven't got the results that that we should be getting in this league. So, um, in terms of the circumstances, we have to say that we have been leaking too many goals and we've, and we've kept a clean sheet. You know, and that's then, right. And then at the same time, as I said just now, we've created the best two chances yeah. in the game. So, it, so, by no means is anybody happy with going and getting a draw, but at the same time, we have to look at it where we are at the moment, yeah. what we're going through, number of players that we're missing, and and, and take it for, for where it is and where yeah. it is at the moment. And we get to do it again on Tuesday. On Tuesday, yeah. So, my, my views are quite short and sweet because I wasn't there and I haven't seen anything at all from the match. So, me sounds like chances at both ends, so I guess a draw is a fair result. Sounds like Grange has done well, so you know we should congratulate Charlie on the clean sheet. Like you said, top scores on the league. It sounds like he made some good saves. Sounds like five three two straight three five two works well defensively, but maybe not offensively. But then hear what you two have said about the match. We had the best chances, so that, that sentence is is a bit rubbish, really. Uh, to be honest, I would like this game to go straight to penalties. Yeah, I agree. I think um, we already play about a zillion games this season so far, yeah, and. I get it, you know, like I was saying to someone today that if we get in the first round at home or any club get into the first round and we go draw Nottingham Forest away, you think nice few quid coming, still mm. be. Yeah. But when it's a qualifier game, you sort of think, is there a need to go and play yeah, another game of football? And, you know, and it and, you know, it'd be a good crowd, I'm sure it will be on Tuesday night. And we're looking forward to the game, and I'm, you know, I said over the moon that we get to go and do it again. But in terms of looking at it as a bigger picture yeah. for clubs at our level, with resources, with yeah. the resources that clubs have, is it a great thing that, it be, that it's a that it's a replay? Yeah, yeah. it's more important people than me that have opinions about it. It just seems a little bit crazy that you're already the amount of games into the yeah. season you yeah. have in 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 a short period of time and then you've got to play another one yeah should have gone either extra time and penalties or just straight to penalties or just clear yeah. there and then yeah, yeah. absolutely and I just finished by saying shows how much times have changed when you say nil-nil away to Dagenham Redbridge is a good result I guess that's the compliment to Dagenham Redbridge yeah in terms of where they are they've played so. some good football at times to be fair they've got some pacey players and some strong boys out there yeah. and it's, it's a typical John Steele side they're well drilled you know, Doe picking up stuff in the midfield and, and uh, Whiteley as well yeah they, they were a well drilled side yeah. as you would yeah. expect from John Steele yeah 
So those were our views, so your views. Uh, so again, a huge amount of feedback after this match. Thanks to everyone for all the views that came into our social media accounts. And as always, our disclaimer. So we try to read out as many as possible. Just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them, but let us know your views on what we on what we put out on Twitter at Orient Outlook, or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. So Ross has kindly agreed to read every third tweet. So if we go around, I guess, in an anti-clockwise. So yeah. Uh, firstly, it's a tweet from at Blister LOFC it says Davis is responsible for us not winning today, playing players out of position all the time. He's clueless. Hashtag Davis out. Yeah, at Matty LOFC Evan said a clean sheet, positive. Debut to Satoru, put another positive, another chance at the first round, positive. That's a very positive tweet. Yeah, I like it. Is that at David? D Hanu. Yeah, sorry, sorry for the poor pronunciation. Glad to see Satoru. Make his debut, but why bring him on so late? So we've already had that question yeah. answered nicely by Ross. So at London, Gary W. So it sounds like we rode our luck a little, but please to still be in the hat for Monday. So let's finish the job on Tuesday. Yeah, at Kid Samson said, shows how low expectations have sunk that a draw at Dagenham in a game where we were mostly outplayed is considered a good result. Yep. Sorry. Um, sorry. Do you pedal? Underscore TW. Great to see Judd back in the team. Was one of the best on the pitch. Charlie pulled off some great saves yet again. Final ball needs work. Yeah, at Matt Baker Holmes says very poor. 5 3 2 didn't really work. Going forward, hollow. Davis failed to influence game in the second period. Charlie clean sheet and raw debut positives. Yeah, Steve Cab 1 2 1 said two games unbeaten and a clean sheet. Hashtag small steps. I think that's a pretty decent yeah. tweet, to be fair. Uh, at Wings Mad, I'll take a 0 0 tough draw. Uh, so hopefully finish them off at home. Pleased to see Judd back in the side. He had a really good game. Yeah, it's lots of tweets about, about Judd, which is good yeah, to see. Yeah, he deserves it. And Rob Bullock, 14, said, well, we kept the clean sheet, which is great. And some good performances from the younger players, Happy and Judd, etc. So positive out of the game. Dan Happy is... Yeah, do you know, that one's gone really sort of under the radar a little bit, but he's got um, he's got huge potential, Dan. I think he's um, he's come in and as a young player. Yeah. In circumstances, he's come in. He's not come in and gone and played next to Josh Coulson or next to George Ellicobi or you know someone that's hard yeah, in the point, division yeah. he's gone in, in in different circumstances and played in you know like I said just then a couple of sort of shifted around positions albeit in a, in a back three but uh, and in a back four away to Tranmere so for a kid of his age to be as show the composure that he has done I think it's sort of yeah. gone under the radar a little bit we talked about Juddy you talked about Ruel but Dan's yeah, got Dan, huge potential yeah. and Dan could go anywhere for me yeah, it's good so to see. You could get to any level. And now we don't have to say his surname, and that it is happy. We're happy yeah. to talk about that. Hey, so you did there, getting good at this. It's Actually, great to hear uh, the supporters singing, happy, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. I never like heard it. that. That's amazing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so simple. They should finish on that That's what we should be <laughs> Yeah, at Jack Coates 14 said, that was so boring. Clean sheet is good. The formation didn't work. I don't think there was any width, and the play to the top two was poor. Yeah, we're not, no width is a bit of a strange one because we had Juddy on one side and everyone saying he'd done all right. And then Jake Caprice on the other. You know, it's, uh, yeah, all entitled to our opinions. Yeah. Uh, at Len M4, scrappy game, but a draw is fair, which I would agree with for the record. We're technically <laughs> in the hat for the first round. Only downside is another fixture to contend with. Oh, I could have written that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Gorilla's 1985. So there's a clean sheet against the top scorers in the league. Judd Man in a match. Just need a few more shots on target. Three knocks today is a worry, though. At Orient Meat Pie said, a decent result, 
but we need to stop bottling it at home. Hopefully, we can do enough in the replay. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? That's a really interesting point. Um, I think I listened to the last uh, podcast that you've done and, and, and the manager mentioned something off the uh, off the back of that yeah, about some yeah. people being a bit fearful. And I think that's something about playing for a big club in any division. I think if you're playing under expectation, with expectation to go and perform and get results every week, you've got to be... You gotta have that big boy mentality, as yeah. I'd like to call it. You gotta be able to puff your chest out and not, you know, everyone feels pressure. Yeah, of course. But you gotta be able to survive and perform under a little bit like we were saying with yeah. our youth cup, but obviously on a different scale. Um, so that's I think that's really important. You know, whether I'd class it as bottling it, but I think yeah. people feel pressure, and you, you know, you got you got to be able to perform if you want to play for for top clubs, and it's all relevant to the level that you play at. Yeah. So look I at mean, the big, the top boys at Man City or Barcelona. And, they can all go and continuously do it and they can perform under the pressures that, that are being asked from week in, week out. And that's what ta- makes people top players. Yeah, yeah I mean, we've said it multiple times on the podcast. People come to Brisbane Road, probably the best, well, yeah. not probably, is the best stadium in yeah. the National League. They see the services, they see the attendance and then they're, just, they're happy to go yeah. and come and break us yeah. down. That's all you've got and we need yeah. to... You've got to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, at Orient Fan, is that mine? Sorry, yeah, at uh, Orient Fan TV, thought we could have won that game. Playing a three five two is okay, but thought it restricted us going forward. Granger, Judd, Woodison, and Happy. Yeah, I think Joe's done well with that left side. I was going to say Woodison. The last three games has been getting some really nice comments. Really yeah, nice I'm glad people see it. You know, I know there was a there's been some indifferent opinions and comments about Joe, but I I think that position suits him because without going into loads of detail, if you play as a left side centre half, you end up defending a lot in a full-back position because you get pulled, you get pulled out. wide, especially in this league where people put so many balls behind you. And Joe plays that position all his career, so he ends up naturally wide. He's athletic enough to defend 1v1. Um, you know, he, he probably has to edit a little bit more than perhaps he would do as a full-back, but uh, when he gets on the ball, he's in a position where his passes are relevant to his position as a left full-back, so he's not finding himself in alien territory. And I think you know we'd all... And I think Joe would probably agree with me that being in the final third, like Jake on the other side, isn't his forte. It's not the thing that's got him a career. It, you know, it's the other side of the game, yeah. and, and he hasn't got to do that because other players are playing further up the pitch. And I, I think in the last couple of games, he's done well. Yeah, good, to has, see, yeah. good to see. Good to see. Absolutely. Leighton underscore Ears says was crying out for some pace up top in the last fifteen minutes with Westbrook and Satori. Could have provided subs were made too late again, but obviously we've already spoken about a subs. Hopefully, yeah, yeah and, and bringing Zane on at centre forward, I'm not convinced because he's not that. It's not his position. But I agree. Like I said to you earlier, Satori was trying to get ready for a little yeah. while, but we, we had a few concerns with a physio, which understandably people wouldn't know yeah, wouldn't see about who was going to come off and, and what we're doing we didn't want to end up selling ourselves short which was why he came on that yeah, little bit later yeah at Steve the Ath1 said looked better once Bocco came on as an extra attacking midfielder played the ball faster and kept it on the deck so Toriu looked good too yeah uh, at L Hangles is that yeah, LH yeah. Angles well, yeah. uh, point at Barrow clean sheet today something to build on and take some confidence from hashtag Davis in hashtag Davis in at down, down underscore underscore south says Happy and Judd bought their A game today a few mistakes but who doesn't well done boys so again good to see Happy yeah. and Judd yeah. Yeah. and it's good to see someone appreciating and understanding that young players are going to make errors Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, William at William Everett said, "The truth is, we was on the floor three months ago. We are a completely new team. It's going to take time. It's not brilliant yet. Time is needed." And you know what? I don't. You know, we don't want to keep harping on about the past, but we have to respect it and understand yeah. where it was all done and how quickly it was all done. And 
and, and you know, we no one wants to be where we are, no one wants to have gone through the run that we have, but at the same time, sometimes you have to look back and think, actually, you know, look where we look where it's come from in the, in, in that short sp- mm. short space or short period of time. So, um, at only one team, Happy Judd and Granger all stood out, all put in a shift, put a shift in, sorry, and one run by Happy driving us forward was superb, and we could have nicked it too. And yeah. I think that that adds to the quality. What we just said, yeah. yeah. And then the final word on Dagon Rebridge comes from. And Ramsden this week, he says, a rather forgettable game with two poor sides. Yet again, no penetration, just plenty sideways and back passing. Davis needs to show faith in the bench more often. Granger, one of our best players, which sums it up really. A draw against Dagenham and we seem to be happy. I guess that's how far we've fallen. And we, yeah. we've not really touched upon it, but I'd quite like to ask you about Steve Davis. Obviously, he's getting some criticism from the fans. Obviously, you see him every day, you work with him. What's yeah, like, do you know just just with that, it, it, it's, I do find it difficult with that. Like you know, Charlie's yeah. had a good game. And it says it sums it up really that he's had a good game and it turns into a negative for the kid. Do you know what I mean? I think I know I've touched on about what's important about young players and young goalkeepers especially, but you know I find it hard to look at that as Charlie having a good game being turned into a negative. I think we just have to yeah. understand where he is and and try and support him because he's he's one of our own players and we you know we're trying to trying to make sure that's a big thing. But to answer your question, the manager. Um, I've learned a huge amount from the manager already um, in terms of the way he manages himself and the way that he is with the players. You know, sort of that composure that, you know, when we were doing really, really well, he wasn't, you know, on top of the world, like walking in, you know, on cloud night. And yeah. then now we're not on a great run. He's not dragging his heels and making everyone's life a misery. There's consistency to the way that he behaves, the way that he is with the players day in, day out, the way, you know, the way that he coaches doesn't change in terms you know the methods do and what he's what he wants and the outcomes that he's looking for are obviously going to going to adapt according to our performances and what's good bad and indifferent but um he's come in and he's had a real i think in terms of the way his personality is with the group and for the club you know where it is he's a, he's a really really good it's a really really good fit i didn't know him before he came in but he's got that you know that that composure and you know a long you know that longer term view to Making sure that we steadily build. I know that, and he knows more than anybody that at the moment, though, you know, the, the game, the run of games that we've been on, doesn't completely show that. But mm. like I say, you know, it's it's about trying to strive to to build something over a period of time. Yeah, and he's always honest in his post match interviews as well, which is quite yeah. refreshing. Doesn't use the um, the old analogies and the old you know cliches. Cliches. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, and and he's quite honest. Not he's not too honest that it's like oh should you really be saying that but no, he, he's quite he's quite upfront about it and he makes you know he makes no bones about it you know if we were poor he says we were poor he doesn't try yeah. to gloss over it and and but equally he's not harsh and critical he's constructively critical like we yeah. touched on earlier so for me I think he stands he stands quite tall and 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 he's quite quite open and honest yeah for I me think so. um, I think and that's the thing you know the thing is as well he come he comes into a job that he's come into with the club in the situation or coming out of the situation that he was in. And, um, you know, it's not an easy job anyway for whoever was going to take it on. And then you hit the misfortune of losing, you know, a number of characters that we touched on right at the beginning, Charlie Lee, George Ellicobie, Josh Coulson, players like that, when, you know, massive, massive dent in any squad, you know, look at Man City when they've lost important players there, you know, the, the richest club anywhere. But, it makes a huge dent when you lose your when you lose your big characters. So that's also something that needs to be taken into consideration. Is yeah. 
he's in a job that's that, you know that was that was always going to be tough, but at the same time he's you know he, he's been you know sort of kicked with mm. one or two of the injuries that he's had. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good roundup. So cool. prediction league update then. So we only had three correct predictions yesterday. So well done to at record blue app at Jack underscore Gibbo seven and at Tommy T Leaf who all predicted nil nil. So Bill Fleal. Bill, Bill Fleet Heat still leads our prediction league, but many of you are hot on his heels, so you can check the full table on our Facebook page. Yeah, so moving on to round this uh, this uh, extended edition yeah. up. Sunday the 15th of October, the ladies team are back in action at Brisbane Road today, and they played out a blinding match, just losing out 4-3 to Actonians ladies, and the O's goal was scored by Chloe, Sophie Lamarchand, uh, and Sark, so unlucky to the ladies, but they have been doing extremely oh, well. I think they were top of that league, and they've scored a bundle of goals, yeah, so... Yeah. All credit. No, it's good. All no, credit. They've got their Baskin Robbins branded they have football shirts now, <laughs> so hopefully that's not a curse because yeah. they've lost today. But no, good luck to them, and, and we'll definitely we'll try to get down Brilliant. there. So let's round this up then. So, fantasy football update for you William Noyes leads on 471 points, uh, 10 points ahead of Rob Langley in second place. I am currently having a nightmare in 142nd place in that fantasy, do you do fantasy football. football? We're not allowed. We're not Fan- allowed. Fantasy part, football? Part of um, no. gambling. Is oh, it wow, really? football, yeah. Unless you can obviously enter one if it's you don't pay to enter, I think. Yes. Okay. But in the end, it just becomes just I just forget about it. But right, yeah, okay. obviously we can't bet. Um, no, yeah, no, you can't. Which is bonkers because then you listen to a radio show and you hear Stuart Pearce advertising a. Well, that guy's got more opportunity to find that inf- inside information than we have. But no, part of it is if you pay to enter, you're not allowed. Right. So, okay. Right. So, so we run a free one. So if you're ever oh, interested, right. yeah. maybe that's the it's way hard, forward. Hard it looks like. Let me tell you. So positives <laughs> and ne- I'll give you <laughs> positives and negatives this week. So three positives for you. Yep. Clean sheet. Brilliant. Yeah. We're still in the cup. Yep. And again, tremendous away support. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So negative Smedian, poor movement off the ball. I think this is in regards to yesterday's match I take it. Yeah, yeah. poor movement off the ball, missing chances in a tight game and the injury list building up. I guess any news on Caprice or Lawless? Caprice um, has played wing back in the last couple of games and there's a little <laughs> bit more in running involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulled up with a bit of cramp yesterday, but saw the lads in this morning, he was. Um, he, he looks okay, so oh, I think that's good to that know. Right. Uh, yeah, he spent a little bit of time with, on the sideline um, with the physio. Yeah, he did, yeah, and then it was decided that we needed to get him off and change it. With Joby um, and Lawless, it's sort of really see how they are. With Joby, it's a bit, a bit different because obviously it happened back yeah. in the last week. Um, but with Alex Lawless, normally the physio likes to give that one sort of 24, 48 that's hours it. from when it's done because then it settles down and it can yeah. be a bit clearer. Cool. Okay. Okay, good to Thank know. Very much. So, this is some nice into Hero of the Week. Yeah, yeah. So this week we're very pleased to say that our Hero of the Week is Miles Judd. So well done, Miles. Yeah. Well that Miles. is our Hero of the Week this week. So next week's fixtures. In we have two fixtures now at home next week. So we host Dagenham and Redbridge at home in an FA Cup replay on Tuesday, the seventeenth of October, and then we host Tabletoppers Macclesfield on Saturday, twenty second of October. Who beat Stourbridge five 0 at the weekend in the FA Cup. So two home fixtures and an ample opportunity to turn the season around. So if you go in. We'll see you there and come and say hello. Yeah, on Monday the 16th of October, the FA Cup first round draw will take place at 7 o'clock. It's live on BBC Two and we will be ball number 64. Yeah, and like we've already mentioned, the youth team was supposed to be playing this Wednesday at the 18th of October in the FA Youth Cup at home to Hornchurch. But now that's been moved to Wednesday the 25th of October due to the FA Cup replay. So don't rock up to Brisbane Road on Wednesday because <laughs> it's all going to be it's closed. Changed. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 118 on the pitch. 
We've got a decent draw away to Dagenham and Redbridge in the FA Cup, so we're still in the competition whilst keeping a clean sheet, which proves we can defend. Whilst the youth team had a good result in their FA Cup time, the ladies were involved in a blinding match, ending in a narrow defeat. Off the pitch, the midfield has been bolstered by the 93-day 93 93-day 93 loan signing of Zane Westbrook, who will hopefully be a very useful signing. And this week, this week, sorry, presents a real opportunity for the club with two home matches. So if we win both matches, it could give the team, the fans, and everyone involved with the club a much-needed boost. Uh, Ross, thank you for joining us and no for staying so long with us. Really appreciated. Yeah, anytime you'd like to come back, you're more than welcome. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It's been very yeah, insightful. It's been great to have you on. Uh, so we'll be back with episode 119 soon with all the information and views that you could ever need. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a review. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in Stitcher, add us to your list of favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. And if you have an older relative or a loved one who you think will like the podcast, Grab their phone, their PC, any tablet they have and download it for them or just start playing it and make sure they listen. Obviously, you know, you get to listen to the Orient Assistant Manager talk about the Marvel <laughs> yeah, game to absolutely. give a fantastic insight. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.